0: The Lord be with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up. We gather for ordered worship, the liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England, NPR, WBUR 90.9 FM. And for our internet listenership, now and later, across the globe globe at WBUR.org. We welcome, we need, your prayerful, material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. On this All Saints Sunday, Six. Deans there are of the Marsh Chapel community, three greet us now from a greater light on a farther shore, and three are present today as preacher, celebrant, and radio congregant. Following service today, we encourage you, as the post ends, to greet someone whom you do not know, and so learn their name and make another friend. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, May we stand in the praise of God. lives and reigns one god in glory everlasting amen please be seated
1: and now a lesson from saint paul's epistle to the ephesians chapter 1 verses 11 through 23. in christ we have also obtained an inheritance having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will so that we who were the first to set our hope in Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to praise of his glory. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all the rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And as he has put all things under his feet, he has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God.
2: join me in saying verses from Psalm 149 with the antiphon. the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel be glad in its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with victory. Let the faithful exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their couches. Let the high praise of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with feathers and their nobles with chains of irons, to execute on the judgment decreed. This is for all and for all his faithful ones Praise the Lord Amen. as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel.
3: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke, chapter 6, verses 20 through 31. Glory Glory to you, you, O Lord. Lord. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that, listen, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ.
0: seated. Saints of God are all around us. You are they. You. In Chicago last week I saw one, a dear old friend, former minister of First United Methodist Church, Evanston, former academic dean at Claremont, salt and light. Emery Purcell, who wrote when I was a child, there were often missionaries or evangelists staying with us. One I remember was most fondly was Mary Schlosser. About 50 years of age then, she had been a missionary in China for many years. All of us have heard stories of how missionaries forced native people to give up their culture and become Westerners, how missionaries were tools of capitalistic colonialism. Some were indeed, but not Mary Schlosser. All she talked about were not her converts, but the boys and girls in her school in China, how bright and eager and loving they were. She had high hopes for each of them and had arranged for some of them to go abroad to prestigious universities to study. She knew that one day they were going to make significant contributions to their people. Now you have never read about Mary Schlosser and Time Magazine. As a young woman, she had a promising career ahead of her. The call to China persuaded her to pour out her life there. After I knew her, Mary Schlosser spent many years in a communist prison camp in China and died shortly after her release. I did read about Mary Schlosser a few years ago. A group of dissident students from China had been interviewed by a religious news editor. They talked about the missionaries who had taught their parents at a school in Kaifeng. Among the names remembered were Clara Leffingwell and Mary Schlosser. I have a sense that Mary Schlosser's resurrected life is only beginning. It is love finally that surpasses money and power and overcomes tragedy. Mary Schlosser poured out her life in love for her boys and girls. Through her love, broken as it was, God's love poured through more and more to life down through the generations. The thing I remember about Mary Schlosser is her radiance. Was she happy? I don't know. It is, in fact, an irrelevant question. Mary was radiant. In her enthusiasm and in the greatness of her soul, the sun shone on us. This is our hope. Rudyard Kipling was once addressing students at McGill University in Montreal. The lure of having things and even the power of success all sound so good if you listen quick. Yet powerful, successful egotism is the ultimate failure. Kipling said, someday you will meet a person who cares for none of these things. Then you will know how poor you are. Over the years, I've been privileged to know many people who are rich the way Mary Schlosser was rich. Sunday school and public school teachers, parents and young people, bosses and workers. People have poured out their lives in love so that God's love can bring life. I want to suggest that is what has actually made us great. Not all the things we have to be happy, but rather the generous people who pick up the cross of human need, people whose radiant lives testify to life beyond the cross. Emory Purcell is a saint of God. Friends, beloved of Marsh Chapel and the airwaves, the saints of God have been well acquainted with impediments to the language of love. The saints of God have manifold experience of the resistance in experience to the reign of love. The saints of God know through and through the multiple discouragements to the path of love. One such is the very question of the capacity of speech to ignite a decision of any kind, for a new alternative of any sort. Every day, every week brings a new wave of words not fitly spoken, deeds not fruitfully done, sentiments not charitably rendered. And we wonder, is preaching an anachronism? Is teaching an anachronism? Is any earnest discourse of any kind an anachronism? Doubt about language itself is itself an impediment to learning the language of love. Another is the relatively modest response by cultural comparisons at any rate to the lived forms of love, imperfectly represented in families, in churches, in movements and missions. There is a kind of discouraging but inevitable comparison, truth to tell, that lurks behind the mammoth celebration, the happy cultural celebrations that we know and love. We know what it feels like to celebrate and to celebrate a clear victory. It feels great, but the victories which make us feel great are not so great themselves. We have a way of cheering a run or a home run or a grand slam, but we are not as fully aligned with or inclined toward the generations-long struggles that might bring a truly wonderful victory over, you name it. What we do celebrate somehow eclipses what we could Celebrate. Nevertheless, the gospel in a word. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, I believe in the power of love and in the language of love and in the power of the language of love. I believe that you do too. You are saints of God. Love is the way forward and in the end is the only way forward. Love is the way the world gets better and in the end is the only measure of the world getting better. Love is the transfiguration of imagination, the integration of variation, the modification of attenuation, the multiplication of aspiration. Love never ends. Love is God. The Bible records these sentences in 1 Corinthians and 1 John. Love never ends love is god our choir sang love like angels on monday in new york city they entered the city put on the city as a robe as a new suit of clothes offered with grace the musical grace of god paused for applause and disrobed returning the clothing of the city on departure into noise they brought music into cacophony, they brought symphony, into streets lined with garbage, they brought order, charity, magnanimity, generosity, into the lingering horror of 9-11 whose victims were treated in St. Paul's Chapel in George Washington's pew before which they sang. They brought the beauty of holiness, the grace and goodness and love of lovely good and gracious music. I felt you young people You are too good for this world, or at least for parts of it. Love lifted us that afternoon. Love sung out by the saints of God. The student of Paul who probably wrote Ephesians cuts into our souls with a gleaming phrase, you heard it earlier, with the eyes of your heart enlightened. He has about him a church this writer does, that has lived now for some decades beyond Jesus of Nazareth. So his three reflections on inheritance here, so the naming of the seal of the Spirit here, so rightly rendered here your faith in toward the saints, all the saints, or your faithfulness in toward them, and the inheritance bequeathed them. So the name that is above every name here. So the church, the body of Christ, with the eyes of your heart, enlightened. Saints of God have such eyes. Especially here, our writer offers us something beautifully saving. That is, that there is a spiritual dimension, a spatial spiritual dimension to salvation. One is caught up by a certain community along the lines of a certain map in the embrace of a certain spiritual geography. You feel it, especially this morning, perhaps, coming down the sawdust trail of the Isle and Marsh Chapel for communion. You are not alone. The saints of God are here with you and around you with the eyes of the heart, Enlightened, they see with such eyes. Boston is taking stock this week, taking stock of a year of mayhem and marvel both. It is too soon, well too soon, for us yet to absorb the sounds and sights of 2013. For this we shall need not only the eyes of the heart, but the ears of the heart as well going forward to continue to hear the explosions of April that did ricochet down Boylston Street, to hear the sirens of April racing at night down Commonwealth, but also to hear the cracks of the bats of October that sent balls and outfielders tumbling into the outfield's bullpens and stands. And to hear the surge of joy, the shared happiness, lifted in a choral shout at the end, long end of many games. And yesterday morning, to feel the rich fullness of human being. Sursum corda, lift up your hearts, right there on Boylston Street, in gathering, in quiet, in song, in shout. Boston is taking stock this week, taking stock of this year gone by, wherein again we have been taught by experience to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep. Jesus in St. Luke utters both blessing and woe. Listen again to Luke 6. There is a leveling coming in God's time this Gospel affirms. The last shall be first, the first last, from worst to first, in God's time, which we cannot understand. We have the yearning of the heart, the eyes of the heart, and the examples of the saints to go by. But experience Lifelong loss of limb, horrific harm to innocent women and men and children, calls up for us a longing for resurrection, a yearning, visible only to the eyes of the heart, for some kind of divine restoration. In God's time, we look forward to what we can never see in time. In our bones, we know that the leveling of justice is the path to love. There was a whisper of that gospel along the fresh banks of the Olentangy River, in the heart of the country, in the center of Ohio, in the voice and speech of the governor of that fine state who expressed the very same sentiment, that is. The poor have suffered enough. Wealth carries responsibility with it. All should be fed at the Lord's table. Laugh and celebrate. But a leveling is coming in God's time. Above earth's lamentations, there is, at least in the eyes of the heart, a divine restoration, if only to start in the eyes of the heart saints of God, you and you and you, see with enlightened eyes, with the eyes of the heart. Some of you know I was home in Syracuse a few weeks ago. Theirs also is an historically Methodist college, like ours. They too, as do we live in a secular age. But all the secularity, all the unreligion, all the modernity in the world in the end, does not occlude the enlightenment of the eyes of the heart. Love lives. The saints of God, religious and unreligious, observant and secular, theist and atheist, churchly and cultural, share these eyes, a seeing with the heart. Wouldn't that make a great book you should hear the commencement address by George Saunders given in Syracuse last May. Here is its marrow, he said back then. One useful thing you can do with an old person, in addition to borrowing money from them or asking them to do one of their old time dances so you can watch while laughing is ask, looking back, what do you regret? Here's something I do regret, he said. In seventh grade, this new kid joined our class. In the interest of confidentiality, her convocation speech name will be Ellen. Ellen was small, shy. She wore these blue cat's eye glasses that at the time only old ladies wore. When nervous, which was pretty much always, she had a habit of taking a strand of hair into her mouth and chewing on it. So she came to our school in our neighborhood and was mostly ignored, occasionally teased. Your hair tastes good, that sort of thing. I could see this hurt her. I still remember the way she'd look after such an insult. Eyes cast down, a little gut kicked, as if, having just be re- been reminded of her place in things, she was trying as much as possible to disappear. After a while, she'd drift away, hair strands still in her mouth. At home, I imagined after school, her mother would say, You know, how was your day, sweetie? And she'd say, Oh, fine. And her mother would say, Making any friends? And she'd go, Sure, lots. Sometimes I'd see her hanging around alone in her front yard as if afraid to leave. And then, they moved. That was it. No tragedy, no big final hazing. One day she was there, the next day she wasn't. End of story. Now why do I regret that? Why, 42 years later, am I still thinking about it? Relative to most of the other kids, I was actually pretty nice to her. I never said an unkind word to her. In fact, I sometimes even mildly defended her. But still, it bothers me. So here's something I know to be true, although it's a little corny, and I don't quite know what to do with it. What I regret most in my life are failures of kindness those moments when another human being was there in front of me, suffering, and I responded sensibly, reservedly, mildly, but not kindly. Because kindness, it turns out, is really hard. So, do all the things, the other things, the ambitious things, Travel, get rich, get famous, innovate, lead, fall in love, make and lose fortunes, swim naked in wild jungle rivers. But as you do, to the extent that you can, err in the direction of kindness. Do those things that incline you toward the big questions and avoid the things that would reduce you and make you trivial. That luminous part of you that exists beyond personality, your soul, if you will, is as bright and shining as any that has ever been, bright as Shakespeare's, bright as Gandhi's, bright as Mother Teresa's. Clear away everything that keeps you separate from this secret luminous place. Believe it exists, come to know it better nurture it, share its fruits tirelessly, he ended. Someday I hope to meet Mr. George Saunders, one of the saints of God. Until then though, I will take up his cause and I ask you to do so too. My predecessor wrote in 2001, Christianity first and foremost, Is about being kind. So I ask you, are you walking in the light? So I ask you, are you loving your neighbor? So I ask you, are you doing to and for others as you would have them do to and for you? I ask you, Are you seeing with the eyes of the heart, you beloved saints of God? Amen.
4: seated. We welcome you here in the nave of Marsh Chapel once again this Sunday morning. We invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew and passing that along to your neighbors so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. We do welcome the choir back from its trip to New York and a successful and rousing time at Trinity Wall Street. We look forward to their next tour in March. We would note that uh, Children's education begins following the service next Sunday, and for more information about this, we'd encourage you to be in touch with the Reverend Jennifer Quigley or with Miss Jamie Dingus following the service. Also following the service is our potluck luncheon, and we hope you will join us downstairs. As the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate upon Edgar Bainton's setting of Revelation 21, 1 through 4, and I saw a new heaven. Now walk in love as Christ loves us an offering and offering in sacrifice to God.
5: Rejoice that you have given us the ways to bring our bread and our wine and our money and ourselves to this table to be transformed so that they may go forth as the accoutrements of saints. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive Forgive us, we pray. pray. Free Free us us for joyful obedience through Jesus Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of
6: Jesus Christ, you are forgiven.
5: Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah of God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and our fathers, God of our children to all generations. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, and on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with all your saints, especially those whom we name before you in our hearts. since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Strengthen us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor Lord, and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father, Lord, who art Lord, in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be thy name. Lord, thy, kingdom thy kingdom come, thy will be done on, done on earth as it is, is in heaven. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
0: grace of the lord jesus christ the love of god the sweet communion of the holy spirit be in abide with each one of us now and forever amen